0: This is Josh Mills. And this is John Mills. Welcome back to another episode of Acquired Tastings. We are very happy to have you guys along with us for this wonderful wine week. I'm very excited because I'm always excited when I'm with you guys, but especially when it's a wine week.
1: Yeah, I like wine too, but you just get too excited about it. Well, I mean, I love it.
0: It's yeah. it's my thing.
1: Yeah. And I hope everyone had a wonderful American Thanksgiving. Yeah, I've been. And had good times with their friends and family and significant others and dogs and cats and all that stuff.
0: Yeah, and even even if you just did a Friendsgiving
1: right. with a close group of friends. And I found Nouveau bougelet Nouveau Bougelet or Bougelé Nouveau, whatever you call it. <laughs> you found
0: <laughs> So you're happy. <laughs> I know.
1: Well, I only bought two bottles. They go... Oh, we hadn't opened the case. Oh, there's one that's open. They expected me to buy a whole case, but not until I
0: taste <laughs> <aced> it. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I mean, I, I, I hope I have spoiled you on good Beaujolais that... Well, you have. Nouveau this, is more just a nostalgia for it's you. It's
1: a tradition.
0: Well, so speaking of wines, Dad, what wine are we doing? What type of wine are we doing this week? We're doing what we call Big Reds. Okay.
1: And I have the Arrowwood Sonoma Estates. Camernet Okay, it's 14.5%, so that's pretty big right there.
0: Yeah, so, and then what are your snacks to go along with it?
1: Well, they're not exactly snacks. I mean, we got a lot. The Instagram is going to show this big plate of food, 2 t- by 2 X. I've got meatballs, I've got eggplant parmesan, and I've got a beef pot pie there's plenty of food right there. Oh yeah, so, tons of food. Yeah, so what wine are you doing, Josh?
0: So, I'm doing from Ridge Vineyards, the Pagani Ranch Zinfandel. So, it's a it's a it's a bigger red and we'll talk about kind of what we mean about that as we get going. And then my pairings this week, I have some Asian dumplings. I have a taco-ish soup and then some braised short ribs.
1: And I, I'm confused what to do. I mean, we got so much food here, it's like, where are you going to start? Well... I, we could start anywhere, right?
0: Yeah, we can start well, anywhere, but...
1: We could use my food with your wine, and... Oh, you don't <laughs> like doing
0: that. Well, I mean, it's I've fine. Let, I've let <laughs>
1: some of our guests do that. It's fine. I but mean, usually we usually try around. When to Best on Plate, you have to go down to the plate.
0: Right. But I think the place we need to start is, talk about two weeks ago, in The Blind. Oh yeah. 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 So I blinded a liquor and I got down and thought it was a cherry liqueur.
1: Yeah. I, I, I told you I was going to scream if you didn't get it.
0: (laughs) It was very,
1: very noticeable. So you, you got the dose. I mean, it, it just, boom, it's like cherries. It's really black looking. And yes, you ding, 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 you nailed it. It's, cherry herring, the original cherry liqueur. Okay. And from 1818. Wow. So I think they're doing something right if they've been going that long.
0: Yes, they have been going for quite a long time
1: there. And I love it because I don't do Singapore slings, which is something you would use it for. Right. But the blood and sand. Yeah. That's, That's
0: your... what I use it for. Yeah, it's a great little bar staple because it does have a really good cherry flavor and it's not artificial. Right. It also, it's darker in color, so it can add some of that kind of, what do you say, like depth to a cocktail from its its looking as well. That's right, yeah. But, all right, so let's go ahead and move into the wines. We're going to start with my wine this week. And once again, my wine is the... 2018 it is the ridge pagani ranch which is a vineyard zinfandel so it's a single it's a single vineyard zinfandel okay from the pagani ranch vineyard and it is actually so it's set 90 or excuse me 84 percent zinfandel 9 percent alicante boucher petit Sirah.
1: boucher but, what I don't know that right. Alicante Bouchette. I, I don't
0: quite know it either. I know it's another kind of red grape that's grown up up there, but it's still considered a Zinfandel okay. on label because okay. it's above eighty percent.
1: Okay. Yeah, alrighty. Yeah. So and they they're at a pretty good elevation, I think. Yes,
0: yeah, so Ridge so Ridge is a is an older winery, I mean, for America for american you know timeline they kind of the they started the winery or they restarted the winery in the 40s but its history goes back to 1885 when they kind of bought the 100 acre property which is at the top of the montebello ridge Mm -hmm. and it's a really cool place it's right outside of kind of the I guess you could say the tech hub. So, kind of Cupertino okay. down kind of a little bit farther south in the Bay Area. And you literally drive to the top of this ridge and the vineyards right there on top of it.
1: I think I read is a thousand feet up. Is that, right? that
0: sounds about right. Yeah. I, could, I could totally believe that. But it's really just up there on the top. And actually, it's uh, right along the San Andreas Fault.
1: Oh, good. Oh, good. <laughs> so that, that could cause problems.
0: Yes, it could. But you know, so they've had this—they've had this property since the 18—since the 1880s, and you know, they did these tele, trellis slopes, and then you know, co- uh, not COVID, the other big shutdown in wine, um, prohibition, yeah. prohibition hit, and they were, you know, kind of—they were kind of caught, caught by that, but they came back.
1: I think everybody.
0: Yeah, well, no, some people actually stayed open for because they had religious connection.
1: Well, when they had speak. Okay.
0: Well, yeah. yeah. Okay. But wine's a little bit harder to produce. Right. In, in, com- in liquor, <laughs> Yeah, compared to, uh, compared to liquor. Yeah. But so it kind of came back in the 1940s and in the 1960s is when they introduced Zinfandel. So Zinfandel is one of the things that Ridge is known for. Uh, So, what are you kind of smelling on it, Dad?
1: Well, first, I'm seeing some pretty good legs. (laughs) You scolded me. The glass might be a little bit not pristinely clean. But I've got some great legs on it. I'm seeing, I held my paper up to it. You can't quite see through it. Neither one of these you're going to see through. It's got that reddish-purple color. And then there is kind of a white edge on the Meniscus on the edge of the glass. And then smelling-wise, I'm getting some of that dark fruit. Okay. Including maybe some red currants or something like that. Because it's not real, real earthy, bold like a blackberry or something like that. But it's got some really good smell.
0: Yeah, it's it's definitely rich. You do get... I get some blackberry in okay. there. I get okay. but it's not like fresh blackberry. It's well I think it's behind it's cooked. it. It's,
1: it's in the background.
0: And then know. you do get you do get a lot of that like you're talking about kind of that current, that Cassis kind of smell from there. But I'm getting like so this is what four years old almost five years old. Right. So it's got a touch I mean I guess you could say a touch of age on it, but like you said, it's not really showing it in the coloration of it. But I think there's a little bit of that on the nose.
1: Well, and it's probably good for 7, 8, 10 years anyway.
0: Oh, yeah. This would be fine to hold
1: on to. Right, right.
0: So the alcohol, since we're talking about it, is fourteen, fourteen nine on this vintage. Oh, okay. So it's a little bit... I should have bumped it
1: up to 15.
0: <laughs> well, who knows? Maybe the tax bracket changes at 15. Well, I don't know.
1: It <laughs> could.
0: So this is... so the. This, so, this vineyard grows these three different types of grape, and it kind of the percentages vary from year to year because the 2020 vintage of this is 90% Zinfandel, 6% Petite Sirah, 4%, 4% of that Alicante Boucher. Oh, okay. So, it varies. Sure, they used, So, sure. the backbone of this is that Zinfandel. That's where you're getting some of those, like I get when I taste it, some like. Mm-hmm. really cooked fruits. So yeah. almost jammy kind of flavors there. A little bit of earth, not a whole lot, but it's a really well balanced wine.
1: And I would I would say the tannins are medium, medium plus.
0: Yeah. They're so not there.
1: They're, they're not real high.
0: But they're up I mean, but they're they're definitely present.
1: Definitely present. And then we've tasted it, both of us, and taste wise It's yummy. <laughs> Uh, yummy is a good word. Is that a is that a uh, word? Um, yeah.
0: If I'm talking to somebody and I say it's yummy, it you know okay, it's okay. <laughs> that works.
1: Okay. Well, it's yummy. It's not jammy. Yeah. I
0: think I I think this is kind of borderline jammy. It's, it's not it's
1: not that chewy jammy mm-hmm. that I would want to spread on some bread. But it's it's got a lot of dark taste to it and the tannins are there and then there's that wonderful earthy aftertaste mm-hmm. that you know that finish mm-hmm. really a good wine now what was the price going on it
0: every day mid 40s
1: mm. mm. okay
0: right well so let's talk about so we had this conversation quite dry well yeah it should be yeah <laughs> And that dryingness is the tannins that are there. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also makes your mouth water because there's some good acidity to it. There's no starting point. Just pick what you want to eat.
1: I'm <laughs> trying to figure it out. My plate's so full. Uh,
0: just as a reminder, as, as we're getting into our pairings here, the pairings we have are we have some Asian dumplings uh, that have kind of a Asian kind of sauce on top of them. We have a taco-ish soup. And then we have some braised short ribs, which I had the braised short ribs and I mean it goes really well. Mm-hmm. But you and I had this conversation earlier in the week as we were preparing for this podcast about what is a big red? You know, what does that term mean? And almost everybody, when they think big red, they think high alcohol.
1: Yeah, that's what I was saying to you.
0: And that's not really what we mean when we talk about a big red. Because you can have a lighter bodied red that's high in alcohol, and that's not considered a big red. What we're talking about here with these big reds and the discussion that we had, and dad, feel free to jump in, is we're talking about bold, full flavored red wine that is kind of in your face, tends to be, you know, good pairings that could go with meat and heavier style dishes. So kind of big, heavy wines that can go with those and hold up to Heavier flavored meat. And that was kind of the reason where I came with my pairings here is because there's a lot of flavor going on in all these pairings. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The short ribs are red wine braised, and there's a creamy Parmesan polenta underneath it. And the taco soup, I mean, has just so many flavors going on in it as well. And then the Asian dumplings have, but they're all kind of meat based. So that's mm-hmm. kind of where I went with this. Now, if you are kind of like Marie and maybe you don't eat a whole lot of meat or you're vegan or vegetarian, mm-hmm. these are the type of wines that are going to go with your really earthy mushrooms or mm. really hearty, heavy dishes. And you know, the reason, I, the reason I kind of bucked you on the alcohol point is you could have a Barolo or right. a Barbaresco yeah. that could be where well, this would fit, but it's not as high alcohol.
1: Oh, no. There'd be maybe 13 at, at the max, I guess.
0: Right. Well, I mean, they could be higher, but yeah, 13. I mean, in the world of current wine, 13 is kind of low, mm-hmm. especially in more red style wines.
1: But so just kind of big, I full flavored. I accidentally ate some of the pot pie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm looking over there going, what is that? I'm going to try that. It went well. Yeah. Now, uh, the pot sticker, it went very well. I guess that's pork on the inside. Yeah. Yeah, so that that goes very well. What about it went well? How did it go well? Well, well I think both of these wines and and you'll <laughs> you'll see on the on the Instagram picture, both of these wines we chose meat primarily. You could have had Okay, you could have had duck. That's another meat. You could have had like for Marie, you could have had a tuna something well, something like that tuna fish,
0: your eggplant, your eggplant play
1: well as that's well. right I, I did eggplant Parmesan, so I'll be interested to see how that goes, uh, but you know that's a meat substitute, and so that would work well for Marie,
0: yeah, being like the thing about it though is all this stuff not only feels heavy on the palate, it is. Boldly flavored, mm-hmm. like the soup.
1: So the pot sticker. What went well is that sauce. Okay, that that sauce has some flavor and it's not really spicy. So that's the wrong word, but it's got that sweet. There's maybe Chinese spices with it or Korean.
0: Yeah. So this is so the the sauce that's on top of it is a kind of a the catch-all Asian-style sauce that I make that I use, I use a bunch of different sauces to make. And there is one. There's a Szechuan sauce okay. that has spice in it. That So there's a spicy element. There's, you know, a thick teriyaki. There's um, black rice vinegar. There's um, oyster vegetarian oyster sauce in there. So you are getting a lot of those flavor. And I think one of the things that you're talking about that you may just not, be catching the word that's helping there is the umami okay the umami flavor that kind of unknown earth big bold like the that un uh, you know it's umami so hard to describe Mm -hmm. without saying well it's just umami Mm -hmm. and so i think that's something that you're getting there i i had the soup with it the soup goes
1: really well as well i hadn't had the soup yet
0: because the tomatoiness and the spiciness and the the beef kind of just all come together mm-hmm. and go really well. I want to try this with berea. Okay. Um you know what burilla is? It's a well Latin American uh like- stewed beef. Stewed beef, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Ridge is Ridge is one of those wineries that's in the pantheon of American wineries. Back in the 60s, like I said, they kind of, you know, made a name for themselves. They had a new winemaker come in, Paul Draper. Paul Draper came in and he had been, he's done setting up wineries kind of in different places around the world and he was just kind of a winemaker. He wasn't like the scientist side and so he was very... Straightforward, but he was also hands-off when it came to the wine. Let the wine do what it did. Mm -hmm. Let Ridge continue to do what they've done because they have been doing so well. You know, they talk about making Zinfandel during this time, too. And Zinfandel is an interesting grape. It really is. It is also known in, in Italy as Primitivo. If you've ever had Primitivo, you've had Zinfandel. Uh, Zinfandel is a very popular grape in California. It does very well, but it actually <laughs> comes from Croatia. What? Yeah, it, it originated. You're making that up. No, I'm not. They have genetically tracked it back to coming from Croatia, mm. and it is, I don't think I have the name of it, uh, but there's a producer in California mm. who's, uh, who's a grape geneticist. And her and her husband make wine in California, and she actually calls it by its name, like by its true original original name, because it has just kind of been, you know, it's moved around and I don't even know how the the name Zinfandel kind of came to be, but that's kind of where it was started. It was in Croatia, and then it kind of migrated into Italy, and then Mm. the Italian immigrants brought it to the United States. Oh, okay. Because that's, you know, an interesting thing about wine, about grapevines, is, you know, they go dormant in the winter, and you can actually use cuttings of the dormant vine right. to start new vines. And that's how you, how you do it. And even when you, after you cut it, it'll stay dormant. It won't actually, I mean, it could eventually die, but it won't die on you.
1: Okay. Which right. is really cool. So they could put it on a ship and bring it over
0: yeah or you know, they could throw it in their backpack <laughs> in their luggage <laughs> and, and uh bring it along and you know nowadays, if you do that, you have to make sure it goes through quarantine mm. or legally, that's what you're supposed to do <laughs> to make right. sure you're not bringing any diseases into the wine world. Right. And, you know, this dates back, you know, Zinfandel dates back into the six thousand bCE area of time, like okay. they've been able to kind of track back some of that vitis vinifera area in croatia that where they found that it's actually indigenous into croatia okay so it's uh it's it's very interesting to me the history of this that grape. Is very interesting. and i'm not so i'm not a huge fan of this grape unless it is done at very high quality yeah to me a lot of times you can get zinfandels that are just blackberry jam and alcohol not much nuance to them I mean I've seen I've seen some Zinfandels like 16% alcohol. That's just way high up there, you know, they're high sugar, they can grow really well and it's just I mean it's it's to me they're not good.
1: That's over the top. Yeah, yeah.
0: but they're super jammy, they're so they're super jammy which comes across as super sweet which makes them very approachable mm-hmm. to new drinkers. This is kind of more the style that I like, where it's refined, it's restrained, it's you know, it's really showing how good mm-hmm. a good winemaker yeah. can do with this. So I've been jabbering for a long time, and yeah, you have. Been I've been eating. What, a, long. <laughs> what? So <laughs> tell, uh, tell me, tell us about so, it while I eat. So, Don't forget, so, tell us why.
1: So well, this this spare rib is really good with it. And the reason is there's that fatty layer. And in fact, you're not really, at my age, you're probably not supposed to eat that fat. Maybe even Josh's age, you're not supposed to eat that fat. But that fat's on there for a reason. You know, that fat gives it such flavor. And so that spare rib with that fat, including just a little piece of it, goes well with this wine because that acidity and the fat just meld together they're really good together yeah so and the and the wine's dry enough that it says okay you're you're still thirsty go get another bite of that food and then drink some more (laughs) yeah (laughs) and that's really what's happening and then i had some of the the soup the taco soup that's a whole nother layer of situation here because now i can say there's spice is nur- not herbaceousness. It's some spice. Now it's not. I know Josh. He doesn't put a whole lot of spice in things, so it's not. It's not burning my mouth spice. But it's enough flavor with the spice to say. Does this wine go with it? Yeah. Now, I think there's a lot of wines that would go with that soup. Okay. A lot of beers would go with this food too. <laughs> right. And uh, we're going to do beers next week, so I don't know what we're going to do, but we could have this same plate with different beers. Yeah. So that's a whole other situation. So I really like this wine. I'm not, I'm like you, Josh. There's so many Zinfadels out there, it's hard to pick one and know what you're getting. Right. If you have a Psalm like you that can help you pick it, that's the way to go. If you go over to Kroger's, there's nobody there to help you. So I don't recommend that at all. I recommend you go into your, your liquor store where those guys or ladies are walking around. And there's going to be at least one in there that's going to know the wine. Now, Colonially, well Colonial, there's like three or four different people that are really the wine guy. And so you may walk in there like I did the other day. And, you know, the wine guy that I normally deal with wasn't there. And then the other wine guy that I deal with, he was with a customer and I found another wine guy and yeah. he really helped me out. Well, good. So that this is a good choice. And yeah. I like, you know, <laughs> we're not going to drink enough of it to get drunk, but that that alcohol that's up there at 14 and a half or 14.9, you said, is a good amount. So this is a wine that you want to sip, and you want to eat it with food, and this is these are some great pairings.
0: Well, thank you. You know, I I
1: agree. You know, the I think there's
0: some there's some of that umami, like I was talking about, and the sweetness that goes really well with the from the Asian style dish. So I think that's if you're gonna if you're thinking about like what like if you're thinking at home like what you may want to do with this, or if you grab a bottle like this. You know that that umami piece, that that earthy, mm-hmm. un, you know, I have a hard time describing umami. That that flavor would work really well with this wine because it has that balancing factor. You know, the wine has some of that kind of umami flavor, but it also has a lot of fruit still. But it's balanced by the acidity and it's balanced by some of the earthiness that's in the wine itself.
1: And so herbaceousness. It's like, what is that? Let's break that down. It starts with the word herb, herb. And there's lots of herbs that have flavors. And, you know, when you look at a wine, you don't really think about that. You think about the fruit that you're tasting. But there's there's really some of those herbs that you're tasting. And there may be in the background it's like, okay, you know, a Shirah. What herb is forefront? Pepper. So it's there. You, you know there's fruit there, but see, these other wines have some kind of herbs going on. And maybe it it's comes from the soil or it comes from, you know, the air. So it's there. So are You're you getting
0: it? Are you getting an herbaceousness on this wine? Yes. What type, what type of herbaceousness?
1: So it's not it's not the pepper, but it's like I want to say something like a jasmine or you know some kind of there's a little bit of saltiness to it. Okay. And that's that's another herb and, and you like that salt cuz that's one of the things that when you drink it it's salty a little bit. You go. Oh, I need a little more. I need a little more food, and I need a little more drink.
0: Yeah. So talking about the herbaceousness of this, I get some like dried herb, like Uh dried oregano. Yeah, is kind of one that's kind of popping out there for me, and the spiciness, like you're talking about, there is there is some salinity. I would say. Well, I mean, because you know, this vineyard, the Pagani Vineyard, is on the western side of Sonoma, so the Sonoma Valley is you know kind of runs up from runs up kind of through san francisco and -hmm. the Bugatti ranch is on the western side of the sonoma valley okay which is closer to the ocean ocean, so Mm -hmm. there may be where some of that kind of salinity that you're talking
1: about is yeah that's another way that the the fruit can get the salt
0: yeah and so they like they've been using this for and so the vineyard the vineyard itself has been planted for around 120 years oh yeah so part of the part of you know has been replanted but because this is 2018 it says part of it's been replanted between 2013 and 2018 but because this is 2018 there may not be that much of that new planting in there, so there's a lot of older vines right. that have been right. kind of giving this giving this wine some like extra depth in it mm-hmm. and it, they use um American oak barrels for this. I can't find the text sheet on on the vintage that we're drinking, but if it's kind of based on what they've been doing before, there is only fifteen percent new barrel usage okay most of it is most of it is at least three year old or older. Okay, which gives you know the older the barrel is, the less it expresses within the wine, mm-hmm. and it's in barrel for mm-hmm. fourteen months. Oh, okay. So, it's destemmed when it's cru- when it's crushed, so you're not getting any extra tannin level there. That's why you're not getting a whole bunch of tannins. The right. you know, it doesn't have a whole zinfandel doesn't have a whole lot of tannin itself. And because, you know, you're not using any stems to go with it, you're not getting any of that extra mm-hmm. tannin presence. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. And that's another, you you sparked a memory here to me or uh, knowledge or something. Another way for the fruit to get something that's herbiness is from the soil. You know, the soil can give you that saltiness or the soil can give you that lime flavor or the chalkiness and so that adds all together i'm not really getting any chalky and i'm not really getting any any no it's not any, really uh,
0: so sonoma's not known for having limestone but i'm just kind of
1: saying style. that that's another way for the for the roots to get that and, and impress it into the grape
0: yeah this is uh you know i i really like ridge i don't buy ridge a whole whole lot it's a Bit out of my kind of daily price range,
1: yeah.
0: And but I every time I have Ridge, I really enjoy it. Mm-hmm. You know the Montebello Vineyard. Marie and I actually visited it. Oh, okay. uh, when I was down there doing some training with Apple. Afterwards, we went up to the to the Montebello Vineyard. Okay, because it's right outside of you know. That's it's when not she's that far. living in San Francisco. Uh-huh. Right? Yeah, it's not that far out from where I was in Cupertino yeah and it is like i said it's stunning it's literally at the top of of a ridge okay and the montebello wines uh that ridge do are mm-hmm. a very high priced yeah um you know we're you're looking at probably spending hundreds hundreds of dollars hundreds okay at least yeah. probably at least around two hundred dollars wow for a bottle of it okay but it's it's so well known it's so recognized i believe i'm not not sure because i don't think it was a napa wine i don't think ridge Montebello was in the judgment of paris but it was in the conversations for to be one of the wines that was going to be present at the judgment of paris in the 70s okay when that happened but there's a you know ridge does a ton of stuff they do a lot of really good stuff and they really one of the things they focus on is single vineyard yeah and sustainability and being kind of hands off in a natural mm-hmm. ferment mm-hmm. their wines they don't inoculate. Mhm. And you know now they you know they've grown so much they have property all over from you know they even have property down in Paso Robles. Oh okay. So it's um they have quite they do whites and reds. Yeah. as well but they're known for their reds and especially their uh Zinfadels,
1: Okay. Got some good pairings I'm going to be in trouble again. I'm best on plate. Yeah, because they're all three excellent pairings.
0: Well, is there anything else you want to know, or? Well, you ready to switch over to your wine? I
1: think we're ready to switch over. If you right. are.
0: Yeah. So why don't you go ahead and tell us so what I, your wine is yeah. and what your pairings are.
1: So I have the Arrowwood Sonoma Estate Cabernet Sauvignon, and it's fourteen and a half. So it's slightly under yours. And then I have meatballs. I have eggplant parmesan, and I have a beef pot pie. So I went really meaty except, you know, the eggplant. Yeah. But still, it's got that red meaty sauce. So pretty much the same as what you did. Now, the wine I was looking for, I did not find. Now, that. It's not surprising.
0: What wine were you looking
1: for? Well, I was looking for Arrowwood, but I was looking for was the Alexander Valley, Cabernet Sauvignon. Okay. And it's it's by Arrowwood.
0: Yeah, it's just from
1: it's all from Alexander Valley. And then the other one that was a fallback, I wanted the twenty eighteen Knights Valley. Nope. And those two okay, the Alexander Valley is fifty. According to the web here, and the nice valley was going to be 45. Now, the wine that I chose that was in the store is not on this spreadsheet. Not spreadsheet, but not on this web page. So that's that's quite interesting to me from the standpoint of, hey, what's going on? Well, what you find out is that. Sonoma Estates is a blend of the Sonoma County top region for Sonoma Valley, Knights Valley, and Alexander Valley ABVs, or ABAs. Mm -hmm. So I thought, hey, this has got to be good wine. You know, if it's a blend of those ones I was looking for that were such high-dollar ones, the highest dollar one was like a hundred and then the other two that I just mentioned were forty-five and fifty-five. Yeah. That I couldn't find. And this price point was like before the discount of Wednesday, Wine Wednesday was like twenty-seven dollars. Okay. That's a that's a pretty good thing to buy. Yeah. So I haven't nosed it, maybe you have. I've seen the legs, I've seen the purple. I've seen the Minesis, the clear Minesis. These look a lot of light. Mine might be a little darker. It is. Yeah.
0: But it's it's still really rich smelling. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get a lot of fruit up front, mm-hmm. I would say. Uh, but it, it's a little bit darker fruit. Mm-hmm. You get a little bit more of that kind of blackberry and some of that really like rich cassis.
1: Yeah, black cherry, casis, uh you know it, it's got a you know those tones that you kind of like. Have you tasted it yet, Josh?
0: Uh I took a sip, but it was my first sip coming off of the other wine, so I haven't really trusted mm-hmm. it
1: yet. It didn't really count. Uh so it's it's very, you know, I like it. It's a very enjoyable wine. And I was telling you before the podcast, I think I've been to this winery. And the reason I say that is that they have on the tech page or their web page, they show, you know, come visit us. And there's a 360 of the tasting room. And there's a picture that looks over the winery with like a bar where you do the tasting. Mm -hmm. I swear I'm in there.
0: (laughs) You probably, you you probably
1: have. Well, if I haven't, I've been to some place that looks very much like that. Yeah. (laughs) They, they probably could all, you know, they all could look like that. You know, it's, it's just, you know, beautiful. Uh, There's a lake and then there's the, the vines. And then there's this beautiful, you know, there's this beautiful panoramic picture of, of the tasting bar and, the windows that you can you can see out and you see see where you're getting the grapes from. Now, whether I've been there or not, who cares? <laughs> because I think it's a really good wine.
0: Yeah, it, it tastes really good. It's very fruit forward. It is not. It's bold in flavor. You do get all those kind of blackberry, cassis, big notes to it. Uh, not a whole lot of earth, which was kind of surprising to me.
1: It's kind of velvety and instead yeah. of earthy, and it it's uh, you know like we said the black cherry and the the bold berries and I get a little bit of you know I get a little bit of the of the blackberry that I didn't get so much of on yours. I've tasted it, and Josh, I get a little caramel, yeah, on the finish, and maybe a little cedar. Now it could be. The cedar is on my fingers because I bought a couple of cigars today. <laughs> <laughs> no,
0: there's there's some light there's, there's some light cedariness in there, I believe.
1: That? Now I'm not getting the leather that we talked about last week.
0: No. No, if if it no, it's more it's more cedar than than
1: leather, I would mm-hmm. say. hmm
0: But it's really it's it's good. What's you said this is a blend of what
1: ABAs? Oh uh, the the three of Sonoma Valley that's the official Sonoma and then the Knights Valley which must be adjacent or well, Alexander Valley those are AVAs
0: right and i believe i believe the second two are sub
1: AVAs of the Sonoma Valley of the Sonoma Valley i think that's right yeah but as far as the you know as far as the it's full bodied it's dry Though it doesn't taste as dry as yours did, no, to me
0: it is definitely not. I would, I would say it's definitely not anywhere close to as dry. So this is a this is a moment, a moment of clarity for to kind of put out there. You have a cab, mm-hmm. I have a zinfandel. Mm-hmm. Mine's drier than yours. Cab is not always super dry, correct. Right. Now it's technically, if we want to go into our technical terms of of real like let's go let's be nerdy. These are both fermented dry. Mm -hmm. There are there's no unless you have it on your tech sheet. There's no residual sugar here.
1: I don't have it on the tech sheet, but I agree with you.
0: They are so they are they're fermented dry. Mm -hmm. So when we're tasting wine and we're talking about dryness, we're talking more in the lines of tannins. Mm -hmm. I would say that my wine has more tannins than your wine does. Which surprises me. Yeah. All comes down to winemaking choices. Mm hmm. Mm
1: hmm. I expected mine to have more tannins. Right. Whether that's a good thing or a bad thing, I, I don't know. <laughs> really expect. Yeah. I expected my teeth to get really furry.
0: <laughs> well, and I think part of that is so, Sonoma, and this is going to be a, a sweeping general statement here. Oh boy, here um, we go. There's Uh-oh. no any it's, Sonoma listener. <laughs> no, it's no, this is a very general statement. So I I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna say this I'm gonna say it like it is and just kinda what I've tasted in my life. And if you wanna send me stuff to prove me wrong, hit me hit us up on the socials and i I I would love to taste some stuff that blows my mind. To me, Sonoma is a little bit more fruit forward. Mm-hmm and softer mm-hmm. tasting than Napa, which right. is just on the other side of the hill. So, I mean, Sonoma's a lot cooler than Napa. Mm-hmm. So you're getting you get those it takes longer for these things to develop. It takes mm-hmm. a longer for them to ripen. So, in growing in a cooler climate changes kind of the way the grape presents itself. And I think some of that is why we're getting less tannins here. We're getting some of that softer style of Cabernet, right? Which is great. It's great. It's really fruit forward and very, very approachable. And you said twenty five dollars on the bottle
1: every day. Twenty seven every day. Yeah. So that was uh, every day Wednesday five off. Like I said, that's everyday price. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, I was real happy with that. Have you tried any of the food? No, because
0: I've just been drinking. <laughs> just <laughs> I've just been drinking the wine and talking. <laughs> okay, because it's good. Okay. Like I, uh, so this is one that it has big bold flavor. It's it's very fruit forward. It's very approachable. It's very just drinkable. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. Like I've almost drank half my glass just sitting here, not eating any food because it's. Uh, I
1: think I have too. But I've been eating. <laughs> but it. you've been eating. <laughs> I haven't because
0: it's just. It's very, like, I, like I've said, it's very approachable. It's very balanced. I would love some more acidity on it, but I also love acidity in wine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would like a little bit more tannin, but I like a little bit more tannic wines.
1: Right. I tend to too, Josh, but I'm not unhappy with this wine.
0: No, it's great. I think it's a great wine.
1: So let me remind you and everybody else. For my size, or food, I have meatballs. I have eggplant parmesan, and I have beef pot pie. Everything's been bought. <laughs> so there's some. There's also some sauce for the meatballs.
0: You bought the eggplant parmesan pre-made. Yeah. From where? Fresh Market. Oh, okay, cool. You know, I was kind of in their like cold case area.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I love eggplant parmesan. I used to just, it's labor intensive to make it. You take the eggplant and you cut it in slices and you peel the that purple outside off and you salt it down and let it sit there and get the juices out. Then you start frying it and all this. I mean, it's so labor intensive, but this is like 13 bucks for for. Two, yeah. two good slices.
0: Sometimes your time is worth just buying.
1: I I decided it was.
0: And I totally get that.
1: So and then the and the meatball I bought too and it's really a good meatball. Yeah. I hadn't tried the eggplant yet, but I've tried the meatball and it's actually this could be a sin in some people's mind, but it's it's turkey. It's a turkey Ooh. it's a turkey meatball.
0: Okay, so a little bit healthier. Yeah. Right. So there's no, there's no beef in it or pork? I don't think so. Okay. And it's also for people who choose not to eat
1: pork. Right. Exactly. Exactly. It's good. Very so, funny. You flavorful. know, for turkey, what'd he do to you? But uh, same time of year, we can make meatballs out of him. <laughs> but yeah, and in in the sauce, it's not a spicy, herb- herbaceous sauce. So it just kind of layers over that meatball.
0: I mean, it's just a good marinara.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's not real heavy, but the the wine goes with that meatball. Yeah, it pretty does. well.
0: Yeah, it does. So the it re, it brings out the acidity. Yes, to me, it really pulls down those fruit flavors, and I think that's matching that acidity that's in the sauce, and kind of just the fat that's coming through and the the flavor of the meatball itself. Because it's not, like, the meatball doesn't taste like turkey. The meatball mm. tastes like a meatball.
1: And that's probably because they seasoned it well.
0: Oh, of course. Of course they did.
1: Oh. It's really good, isn't it? <laughs> well, I'm, I'm over here eating the eggplant. Oh, really? It's one of my favorites. Yeah? You do. You, you do love eggplant.
0: So, I think, so, eggplant, like I said earlier, I think was a great call for, bigger reds i think it is a it has that texture Mm -hmm. but it also takes flavor really well and itself has a good flavor right that can go really well with boulder style wines which is a hard thing it's you know sorry i didn't mean to cut you off but marie's talked about this as being a almost full-time vegetarian that sometimes, when it comes to actually pairing, red wine can be kind of hard. You have to really think about the sauce you put on it. But there are things mm-hmm. like eggplant. Mm-hmm. I think things like squashes mm-hmm. could be good, just as long as you give them a little bit bigger of a flavor, because squashes can be really sweet. Yeah, mushroom, mushroom dishes, mushroom risotto. I think would be a great oh yeah pairing. Oh yeah, with absolutely your wine. Absolutely. So how did it go? How did how did the eggplant oh, the go? the eggplant
1: went well. So the sauce and the cheese really well. And then if you're liking if you like eggplant, an eggplant's kind of a texture okay, it's hard to describe because there's there's those those little bitty seeds in, in the eggplant and it's got this texture of chewiness. And so that chewiness and that texture and then the sauce and the cheese on top goes well with this wine. It would have gone well with your wine. Yeah, I mean just just the the fruit of these two wines goes well with that sauce mm. and the eggplant. You ought to try the sauce, Josh. I know you might not like the eggplant, but that sauce and cheese really goes well. Now we could have we could have done a whole lot of different foods. Mm-hmm. If we'd have had a a big old Whole duck, and we'd have cooked cooked that rascal. I think if we'd have done Peking duck with that fat okay. of the outside of that duck, and then got down to the to the meat of the duck, I think it'd gone well.
0: I think so. Duck is an
1: interesting one for me
0: when it comes to bigger wines like this. I think it really depends on what you do with it. Mm-hmm. I think the sauce matters, and this is so something that I've been learning. I mean I I've, I've kind of known this but something I've been exploring a lot in my own personal like pairing and and those sorts of things is that how much the sauce matters mm-hmm. and how much the little changes of that really are what. So like we think about like duck, pork, we like mushroom, we think about like the base element mm-hmm. so much a lot of times when it comes to pairing but the sauce really matters because if we would have had something super spicy, like if we would have had, I think some real spicy like Indian food or Thai food, mm-hmm. I don't think these wines would have worked. No, even if it was a steak or a pork or something like big like that, because the heat of the sauce would intensify the alcohol. A big
1: poblano with the spicy inside of of uh, rice and shrimp, and then. Heavy on the on the spices, and the poblano well, is anyway. Yeah, no, that wouldn't have gone.
0: No, it wouldn't.
1: It, it yeah. would have just burn. It would have burned us up. Right, would have burned you
0: up to begin with. But, well, yeah, yeah. But then it would have been even worse because we had the that <laughs> intensifying. Because I, I don't think my wine tasted fifteen percent alcohol. Mine doesn't either, does it? And yours does not taste because what is yours? 14 and a half it, these do not taste that high in alcohol that's, uh, but there are worrisome. things oh, there, <laughs> well, yeah.
1: we're sucking them down.
0: but there are <laughs> things which could make that happen right. that could intensify oh, those yeah, flavors like that spicy food and we don't you don't want that right. because I was very surprised at how like I knew the acid of the tomato sauce was going to bring out some more acidity within the wine right. But I did not. I didn't think it was going to bring it out this much mm-hmm. because it makes it so balanced. Like it makes me want to drink the wine more. It makes me want to stop talking and just
1: eat and drink we'll that. Put it on pause.
0: No, we got <laughs> we got stuff to do. <laughs>
1: um, so, well, is there a sauce in your mind to go on that duck that would make this wine work? Because you, it sounded like you didn't think Peking duck. Well,
0: I've never had Peking duck, so I don't know.
1: Well, it's the Peking duck is like they made the outside layer of the fat, which which you said before on the podcast is what duck hunters throw away most of the time because yeah, it's a pain to skin a duck, right? To that's, a duck. That's left on the Peking duck, and then they like roast it, and you get that crispy, fatty outer layer.
0: Yeah, no, like I. I, I know. I know what Peking Duck is. I've just never been able
1: to have it. Right. Well, it's an all day. <laughs> apparently, it's an all day situation to cook it. Yeah. But uh, uh, another thing that would go was like standing rib roast. Oh, yeah. Just, I think our ribs would have gone. Uh,
0: I think the ribs would be a crapshoot.
1: It would be maybe too spicy. Because of the spiciness. But if you have a, Tex, I think
0: a brisket, yeah, brisket would go really well with either one of these wines.
1: Exactly. So there's lots of choices out here.
0: So your wine is it's a hundred? Is it a hundred percent Cabernet?
1: I think so. I never could really discover that because, like I said, on the website, it's it's not there. I had to go to another web to find out that it was a blend of these different ones. Okay, so that kind of surprised me. It's like go to the Arrowwood website, and it's not there. This particular one, because it's that blend, because it is two thousand eighteen. Yeah. Now the other the one of the things I really was two
0: thousand eighteen a fire year. Yes, was that one of the bad fire years? I think so. I don't think Sonoma got hit. Super hard. Napa got hit.
1: Napa got hit pretty hard. I don't know about Sonoma. Yeah. But what I was going to say is another, another thing that I like is that uh, the winemaker is a
0: woman. Oh, awesome.
1: Yeah. Christina Scheldler, And she really has done fabulous, apparently. She's got a lot of history, a lot of education. She traveled throughout Western Europe. And she learned about Barolo's and Bordeaux, So she's got a lot of history there. She was born in San Diego and raised in Missouri, which I don't know about the wines uh, the there. But she, well, Missouri but, was the first ever ADA well, in the United States. She, but she went to school at the University of Missouri and got a double major in biochemistry in architecture economics. And so she, one of the things she says is, taste everything you can, get your hands on, and never stop learning, and never get bored.
0: Well, yeah. Man, I love
1: that attitude. Well,
0: and that's the, that's the super cool thing about what we do here, and what we're trying to help you guys do out there is, you know, we're always, you know, learning more. Like, I've never had this Bagani Ranch before. I actually, so I don't drink a, super ton of these big heavy big big wines like this it's not kind of my go-to grab style right and so i actually reached out to seth you know friend of the podcast of yeah what he thought was the best one and i grabbed and that's he's that moved one.
1: away he's still a friend though
0: well yeah but he's and he's a friend of the podcast that is actually oh well, so that's one of the wines that he suggested and I know he loves Ridge, and I've had Ridge before. Every time I have Ridge, it's great. Mm-hmm. But Z- like I've said before, Zinfandel's not really a grape that I go to. So it was it was nice and, you know, always ask around and ask people. And if your local wine shop doesn't have a professional, we're always available. Or... Right. The other thing you could ask is talk to people at restaurants, too. Exactly. About... Even if it's not on their list,
1: like what do they have that they're right. enjoying kind of thing. Yeah, there's some, there's some high quality people there. So carrying on about Christina, I mean, she's been in Portugal. She's been in New Zealand. She's in the, been in the Mendoza area of Argentina. And she started at Arrowwood in 2015. So she has tremendous education. An experience on wines, right? So I'm, man, I'm I'm real pumped. Maybe you can tell. <laughs> yeah, I'm real seem... pumped about the fact that we've got a woman winemaker.
0: You know, it's it's, and I love that it's it's coming more common. Yes. You know, I think it's it's interesting. The other thing that's interesting and this is going to be way off topic. The amount of basketball players professional NBA basketball players that are getting into wine and that are super knowledgeable about wine is also very exciting.
1: I'm, I'm not follow the,
0: so I I've been listening to a couple of podcasts recently and they've just been talking about these. There is a growing wine culture in the NBA, which is, and it's not just a fad. Like they know their stuff. Mm. Like one of the, one of the venues is, um, Dwayne Wade owns. Oh, okay. It's Wade Sellers. He does stuff out of Napa. And C- I think it's CJ McCollum, who I listen to, he's, he's doing stuff out of Oregon. And they're okay. being very intentional. They're they're not just doing it, like throwing their name on it, kind of like tequila. <laughs> right. <laughs> they're actually you know involved in the process, involved okay. in the winemaking, which is also, also really cool to see the diversity of the space growing. Because I think as many people that can see that there are people like them in the wine industry right. is going to make it even better. And now I, I really want to dive more into indigenous folk who are doing wine and being winemakers and, and all that. Cause it's, it's just an amazing deep dive and kind of like, you so said, you can never stop learning in, right. in, exactly. in in this field because it's always changing. It's always growing and it's always expanding.
1: Yeah. So that's pretty much everything I have about it. I mean, what there's is, there's some more here, but the, the different the different vineyards. This one monserola Vineyard was everything was planted in 1880, so this has yeah. a lot of history. Survived Prohibition. And then yeah, and then the other thing that I never really could nail down was how long this particular wine was in oak. Okay. One of the older one of the higher dollar ones, and it's the most higher dollar, it's like a hundred dollars or something. It said it was in oak for thirty-two months. So that's okay. a long that's a long time. Yeah. And it's like you know, was this one? I don't know. But that's that's interesting. You know that that's such a commitment to have your wine in the barrel for so long
0: yeah it's a really good it's a really good one and that it's it's a nice interesting blend like you said of the sonoma regions
1: yeah i'm i'm kind of excited about it I'll, I'll buy this one again yeah i think i've had it like i said i think i've been i think i've been to the to the tasting room marie and your mom went and i went on a trip at one point i don't know I can't remember what year that was, and I uh, can't remember where we went, but just looking at the picture of the tasting room and looking at saw windows looking out, it's like, I think I've been there.
0: Yeah. So, are you already thinking about planning a trip to California for some wine tasting?
1: Uh, not at this point, but, you know, we ought to. It'd be a yeah. good road trip or a good plane trip. Well,
0: you guys also, have, I mean,
1: you guys have Italy coming up next year, so. We're Do planning. some wine tasting out there. To, we're <laughs> open to. Different part of Italy than last time. And, you know, there's good restaurants in town. Uh, we went to Capagliosi the other night, and we got some good good wine there.
0: Yeah. So, all right. Well, I think it's time for best on plate.
1: Okay. So you let's, start.
0: Let's start with mine.
1: Your wine. Um,
0: I think the best on the plate was everything. Yep. <laughs> because it was it was very different. Each mm-hmm. thing each thing was very different with wine, but I would probably say the short rib mm-hmm. is what I enjoyed the most.
1: I'm man, I'm torn between the, all three of them.
0: <laughs> okay,
1: I'm really torn between that short rib and the pot sticker. Okay, but well, I'm gonna have to go with short rib. Okay, just because of that fat layer. Oh yeah, and the uh, what's it called, the polenta. Uh-huh, yeah that just really added to it
0: yeah everything everything was super delicious uh and it all brought it all brought something very different to the wine each time everything everything was the flavors were so different that it just completely did something with the wine each way all right, what about yours? What was your favorite favorite pairing with your with your foods
1: so the least favorite let's start there coming in third was was the beef pot pie.
0: I think it might have been better if you would have made
1: it. Absolutely. And you said that this is the same pie <laughs> I had bought before. Didn't realize it until today. I love eggplant parmesan so much that it has to be my best on plate. Okay. And it went really well with the wine. Yeah. And it's something I love. Of course, that, that poor little turkey meatball that was my that was my favorite. Was it? I yeah. thought it would be. Yeah.
0: yeah, the meatball. It went really well. The flavors that were in there matched the wine so well, and the, the sauce brought out the acidity yeah, in the wine, right. and just and to me, it made it sing.
1: Okay. Yeah. All right.
0: All right. Well, I think it's time we uh, pour up a blind, don't you?
1: I'm ready. All righty.
0: All right. So, Dad has a. White wine. No, that's red. This time, it is not red. I am not that drunk. Okay, so he's got a white wine poured up for me. It is. Better clean your palate. (laughs) Yeah, I know. It is kind of golden in color. Maybe some kind of silvery. Maybe some kind of silvery secondary color, but not really. It's very kind of golden in color. All right, let's give it a smell can you smell? It's not a whole lot of smell going on. Right. There's some light citrus in there.
1: What citrus? Orange? Lemon. Okay.
0: It's, a, it's light lemon, but it's almost like a sweet lemon. Okay. Either like maybe Meyer lemon or even just like lemon curd. Not a whole lot else in there. You, ju- you just opened this, right? Yeah. And it's not super cold.
1: It's in our little... Right, it's,
0: so it's cellar temperature. Yeah, fifty. Sometimes, so sometimes, if it comes out of the Accident, fridge, it'll be too, yeah, right. It'll be too cold. So that's that's one of the reasons you cannot have a smell come out of a wine is it's right. too cold. So I'm just I'm making comments on that.
1: That's right. Warm it up.
0: <sighs> Not a whole lot. So I'm just gonna go, go ahead and
1: taste it. Texture is wonderful. Isn't it?
0: Yes, there's a light sweetness on it. It is coating on the mouth. But it dissipates It dissipates fairly quickly. Doesn't just like linger there, but you can still taste. There's floral. Taste, yeah, the taste is still definitely some florality on there.
1: Any jasmine or? Ooh, yeah. Hey, I, I like this
0: wine. It it has some florality to it. It has, and the florality is kind of white flower, kind of like you talked about, like the jasmine, maybe a little bit of honeysuckle. Definitely the prevailing flavor.
1: Uh, what are we going to pair it with?
0: Nothing that's on our <laughs> plate except maybe the polenta.
1: <laughs> the
0: polenta might be the only thing we could pair with it.
1: Uh, Let me try it.
0: Okay. So, acid is medium. Alcohol is medium. Not a, not a whole, whole lot there. Not really phenolic bitterness. There's a bitterness there, but I don't believe it's the phenolic bitterness that everybody talks about. Definitely floral coming in here hot. There's some RS here, so I'm going to say it's not dry. I'm going to say there's that tree fruits that like there's citrus there, but it's almost like pith or zest of a lemon or almost like even some like apple skin for a tree fruit flavor. There's a there is some bitterness there, though, around the around the edges and around the end. It may just be going to this wine after drinking big reds, which is a which is a note, <laughs> which can taste. <laughs> when you're different.
1: doing tastings, taste the light ones first. <laughs> but I'm yeah, I'm getting the same thing.
0: So there is some fruit characteristics in here. We're talking lemon. Like I said, there's some pithiness to it. There's some like yellow appleiness, but it's really driven by that florality that's there. And that sweetness, not really herbaceousness, some light earthiness. Okay, possible great varieties here. Uh, We're looking at Kohurtz We're looking at Tarantes. We're looking at Viognier uh, with that floral characteristic and the weight that it has. I just don't drink
1: enough of two of them. This is warming up so the legs are better, longer. They're not fat.
0: So I think this is a new world wine. I think it's new world. I think, like I said, I've already said those possible great varieties. I think this is new world Gewürztraminer. I think it mm, Washington or California Uh because it's that the the floral presence is there. The weight of the wine has that coating with that little bit of RS on there. So I am not going to go any farther than just saying that it's a United States Gerhzmier from fairly recent in vintage time. Okay. All right. So we're going to go ahead and uh, we'll do that. And you'll have to come back next week to find out how wrong I actually am uh, on say this, it like that. <laughs> on this wine. I've been really wrong, really wrong recently on wine. So I don't have confidence and I don't taste enough, which is just a personal thing. Anyway, I taste more. I know I do need to academically taste more. I just don't. But anyway, that's neither here nor there because you are here to listen to us go through this. And next week, you're going to listen to us go through beers. Now, Dad, we're getting into the holiday season. So I was thinking, unless you already had an idea, we do holiday beers.
1: I had that
0: idea too. All right. So we're going to be doing holiday beers and I'm going to be doing.
1: Should I bring out the Sierra Nevada IPA again? No. No. Because you've done it before. <laughs> uh, I'm, going be
0: I'm going to be doing Delirium Noel. Oh. I'm going to be doing Delirium Noel. Do you know what not, you're going to be doing no, yet? no, I have not chosen. Okay. So that uh, <laughs> will be for me to figure out. All right. So watch out there in the socials. Remember, we're out there on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok most actively out there on Instagram. Also be watching, um, you may see some, if you're around the central Arkansas area, you may see us post about new wines that are being out there in some of the local establishments. And we just love that you guys are here with us. Remember, it's we would really love for you to give us a rating out there on your favorite podcast platform. If you like what we're doing, give us some stars and a review. It really helps us out. And if you want to reach out, also just remember our email, acquiredtastings at gmail dot com.
1: Now, from last week, we've not seen anything about a new name for Josh's.
0: Oh yeah, Josh's
1: cocktail. Oh yeah. So come on, people, yep. help us out. Yeah, let
0: us know about that cocktail. That was
1: uh, it was such... really good. I'm gonna have to buy a new bottle of Calvados
0: now. Anyway. So we really appreciate you guys out there, out there in podcast land, and following along with us. You know, almost we're closer to a hundred and fifty than we are a hundred. So
1: that's exactly
0: right. We're, we're, working on that. we're working on that way. So another great podcast, Dad.
1: I think so too.
0: All right. So from all of us here at Acquired Tastings, this is Josh Mills and this is John Mills, and we'll see you next time. Thank you. Goodbye.